is this man? This man is not just a teacher, he's more than a preacher, and to call him a prophet would belittle him. This man is a shepherd to his flock, a servant to his neighbor, and a giver to the poor. This man sets free the captives, heals the broken, saves the lost, and redeems sinners. This man loves you and wants to speak to you. This man is not distant, but very near. This man is Jesus. Jesus is the perfect Savior, and today's session is exactly on that subject to prove it to you in Scripture, and, uh, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. I'm Keith. I'm Drew. This is Faith and Culture. We're glad to have you guys turned in today to hear this or watch this, however you want to. Jesus is God, and by virtue of that, he is absolutely perfect in every way. And that's our focus uh, today is on Jesus, but not Jesus as in heaven, but Jesus as he was on the earth when he was living in a body. <clears throat> what is amazing about all of this that we're going to be talking about today is that uh, while he was in his body and he was embracing all of the same things that you and I have to go through, whether it's, you know, hunger or pain or relationships or disappointment or temptations, in every one of these situations, he remained perfect. And that's what makes him the perfect Savior. Uh, I want you to consider some things that the Bible reveals to us about Jesus Christ while he was on earth. Uh, first one is this. He was perfect in how he lived and how he ministered to people. And Mark 7, 37 tells us, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. A lot of times words like that in the Bible uh, mess us up. We think, well, like, you know, oh, well, that, that's well. Uh, but that doesn't mean that. In the Greek, it means he did everything above our expectations. He did everything perfectly. So that's how he was. There's not one miracle in the Bible that could have been done better than Jesus did it. Not one it was absolutely perfect. I think your word well, if you really read the first part of Mark 7, 37, it says people were overwhelmed and amazed. That's above and beyond there. Compared to what you just saying, just add more proof to that. The other thing I want to add and just talk about just maybe for a brief moment, um, you said he did everything and he ministered to these people. He was perfect in how he lived and he ministered to people. Does minister mean just miracles? No. I, um, you know, minister is, is our ministry is focused on the need, okay? I mean, if you don't need this, then I'm not ministering to anything. So when, when we think about his ministry, it's focused on what you're needing. So if you're needing his strength, then that's how he ministers to you. If you're needing his peace, then, you know, giving you strength is not what you need. Peace is what you need. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, ministry is all about him focusing in on exactly what it is that you are needing and meeting that need. Before we go any further, I want to talk just really briefly about this. What is it that every person in this world needs? A perfect Savior. A perfect Savior, exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How so? Why do we need a Savior? Let's just really quick hit that before we dive any further. You said he's met every need. He, people were overwhelmed and amazed. So what has he done? He meets their needs. What is the need for every person in this world? I'm leading to something here. This guy is. Uh, the, what every person needs is... Redemption. Uh, we've all failed. We're all flawed individuals. 
uh, our best efforts are not enough to make us holy, make us perfect. And so because we are imperfect and only perfection is an eternity with God, then every one of us need a Savior who can transform us from, as the Bible says, from a sinner to a saint. Not a saint as in I do everything holy, but a saint as in his perfect work is going on inside of my life, which is what salvation is all about. Yes, and this is a need that we can't meet, only the perfect Savior can meet, which also goes back to he was perfect through everything, including temptation. Setting the example for us in, in what how to break temptation, how to do this. There has not been one temptation he has not been able to say no to. Uh, temptation is not a sin unless followed through with, though. And so just because you're tempted from day to day does not mean you're sinning. The sin is when you walk into temptation. You listen to temptation and you apply it to your life, more or less to speak. Temptation is not the sin unless followed through with. Meaning, so every single temptation that you have had, Jesus has had that same temptation. So let's say we go through 100 temptations a day. I would venture to say Jesus went through just as many temptations on a daily basis. It's not like he was tempted once with this one temptation and he overcome it. Some of these temptations he's with over time, over and over. Money was one of them that he was tempted with, I think, at times. And just even self-gratification was one. Just from an earthly perspective, he was tempted with a lot of these. If you're a Christian, okay, in this mindset here, if he were a Christian to take joy in knowing that he lives in you. So if you're a Christian, you've accepted him, you've asked him to come into your, into your heart, take joy in knowing that he, Jesus, has forgiven all sins. That means that you are wiped clean. You are also now a part of his relationship with him. Since he's overcome temptation, he lives in you and through you. That means you have access now to absolutely defeat every temptation that enters into your life, no matter when. He is tempted, he overcame. That means when you're tempted, you can overcome too. That's awesome. That's He was perfect through every temptation. That means we have the ability to do the same through him. Hebrews 4.15 says, He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, okay? Because in every way he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. All right? Uh, he was tempted in every way. And you talked about some of them, but I think more, I think more when I think about his temptations, I think about, you know, I mean, he was done unjustly. Oh, yeah. And he forgave. You know, uh, seven times, 70 times 70 is, you're is what he to told. Do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, people disappointed him, failed him, denied him, and yet he restored them. I mean, you know, these are the kind of things that get really real. You know, if you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been disappointed, if you've ever had a relationship that went bad, he was tempted in all those areas. Uh, and yet, as it says right here, without sin. So uh, he can, as the scripture says, sympathize with you. He can say, I know what you're going through. I mean, you know, sometimes we're comforted. If I'm going through something, and you go, man, I know what you're going through. But to, uh, to imagine that Jesus Christ is going, I know what that feels like. I've been there. And you know what? You're going to overcome. You're going to overcome because I'm going to help you. Uh, awesome stuff. 
Which means overcoming, which means what? That since he overcame it all, he was perfect in obedience. That's right. That's right. Uh, he obeyed every word and directive that was given to him by the Father. Uh, some of the things that people sometimes don't process is that uh, Jesus, of course, was God in the flesh. But while he was here in this body, he was on the assignment of the Father. And so everything that he was here to do is what he came to do. And so he was very clear at different times about, you know, talking about how, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have my own agenda. My agenda is the Father's. Uh, in John 6, 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And, and, and so he was here with a job to do. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and so he was perfect in doing everything that he was supposed to do, which is exactly what you and I are living with once we come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have an assignment. We have expectations that God has placed upon us. We have uh, instructions and commandments that we're supposed to follow. And he did every one of the things that he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. He did it uh, exactly as the Father wanted it done. And if if I can grasp what we put on the other part, that, you know, he went through all the temptations, and now he's able to help me overcome those temptations. Well, he did everything that he was supposed to do, and he's able to help me do everything I'm supposed to do in Christ Jesus. Yeah. As a Christian, he's there to help me do all of it. I think that's so important for even Christians to hear, as well as non-believers, that obedience isn't just, oh, I overcame this temptation, I didn't sin. Obedience is actually doing the will of God. <laughs> that's Those are like the sidebars. Hey, I didn't sin. That's good. It was not I've just been obedient through sin. I've been obedient to what the Lord's will has been. That's perfect. That's good. That's good stuff. Moving on. Uh, he remained perfect even in the midst of great suffering. Uh, I'm going to start with a scripture on this one. Hebrews 10, 12 says, But after Christ offered one sacrifice for sin, that would be offering himself for sin, he sat down at the right side of God. He offered his life as a sacrifice, okay, um, because he was the only one perfect enough to do it. He was, he was the only one that never sinned. He never yielded to a temptation. He never did any, uh, anything that he wasn't supposed to do. Uh, he was perfect in obedience. And, and so he was the only one that could, that could step into this position yeah. and become that sacrifice, the holy for the unholy, the just for the unjust. First uh, Peter 1.19 tells us that the precious blood of Christ was like that of a perfect lamb that was without blemish or spot. Okay? So, you know, if you know anything about the Old Testament, that's the only sacrifices you could bring. They had to be a perfect sacrifice. That was the only thing that was acceptable. Uh, there was no perfect man that could be the sacrifice. So he... Because of sin. That's right. But because he was without spot or blemish, he was the, the perfect sacrifice who withstood all the suffering. Yeah. To step into the role of what what the Bible tells us is that after he did that, he sat down. He sat down, uh, and, and Hebrews tells us that that means he he finished everything. 
it was now complete. It, everything that needed to be for our salvation, for our eternal life, was now perfect because he had made it perfect. Uh, he was all that was needed to, to make mankind holy, and he stepped into that role. He did it. And uh, Hebrews 5, 9 tells us, because of his obedience was perfect, he is able to give eternal salvation to all who obey him. That is awesome because he was perfect in every way, because he was obedient unto death and, and stepped into the role of the sacrifice, an unblemished, spotless person dying on the cross for the rest of us, he is able to turn around and go, now I give it to you. He couldn't give it to you if he couldn't do it. Well, it hits upon our eternal salvation. He he can only give us eternal salvation because he is also eternal. That means that we can't ever earn that salvation. So he was before creation. He was a part of creation. He was born in spirit, died in full humility. He took the sin upon us. He identified as a sinner, but he was he was sinless though. He arose in spirit and is still alive. He is eternal from the very beginning of time since time was ever created, all the way until the end of time, which the time of life we know is eternal <laughs> and it's never ending. And so he will never end. But through him, that's where our salvation is, what you're talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's so important to know that the holiness side of him is the only way we get eternal salvation. That means that we can't obtain that ourselves. That's right. And uh, That's why he's perfect. Uh, that's right. And, and I hope you'll join us next time. Uh, because we're going to talk about that eternal, uh, that eternal part of who He is. Okay, that always been and always will be, and what that means for us. Uh, but you know what we're looking at right now is that He He was He is the perfect Redeemer. And I think we touched on that when we sort of started off there. He is the only one that could do what He did. Yeah. And and because of that, He is the only one that can save us. Uh, the beauty of it is, is his perfection is his character. He's actually just being who he is. He's perfect. He's never changed from it, and he's never yielded from it and, and, and become less than that. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, he is perfect today because he was perfect on the cross because he was perfect in how he lived, because he was perfect in heaven when he came down and became that little bitty baby that we're celebrating here in our Christmas season. He has always been perfect, and therefore he is perfectly capable of being your complete supply mm. of whatever it is you need, strength, hope, peace, whatever it is, he is the perfect supply for that. Because he's perfect in every way. Yes. He's perfect savior. He's perfect counselor, perfect friend, perfect helper. Yes. That's wonderful. I love hearing that. And and I here's love the, knowing that. Well, yeah, and, and and I love this part. You know what? He's never too busy for you. I mean, part of being perfect is the fact that he is never too busy when you're hurting. He is he is never, you know, like out of touch. Uh he's not, you know, like 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 the prophets going, you know. Get louder. You got to wake him up. Maybe he went to sleep. You know, Jesus never sleeps. He is, he, I mean, he is tuned in to every life all the time. 
Uh, he never takes a day off. He's perfect. I also want to go to one more thing you hit. He's perfect in his timing. Yes. And a lot of times what we see, and we might get to this here in a second, but a lot of times what we see is that, God, you can be perfect if you do this. His timing is always perfect. It's when it happens, it's perfection. That should give us peace as well. And that's where that perfect peace in him comes. A lot of times we search for that. What does peace really look like from Jesus? It's knowing his timing is perfect. It's knowing his result will still be good. That's where that peace comes from. And just wanted to add that really quick when you talked about those things. Yeah, I mean, if you stop and think about it, if he did everything on our timetable, then we would be the perfect one. But he's the perfect one. <clears throat> Listen, no one can do for you and in you what he is able to do. Nobody. There is not like even a close second, all right? No one on earth can be for you <clears throat> and to you what Jesus Christ is because there's only one that was perfect. It's Christ Jesus, and he's still perfect. Uh, but here, now we're going we're gonna to shift gears. But here is what really makes all this great. Because he handled life perfectly, he has promised to help us live our life exactly the way it should be lived. And you've got to think about that for a moment. Because he has <clears throat> handled it perfectly, he is the one that says, okay, now I'm going to help you handle it because I know exactly what I'm doing. Which goes back kind of just about the timing thing. He said something right there. I do want to stop and examine, explain. As we're both teachers of God's Word, um, this has been talked about in another session, another season of our podcast, I believe. Um, he said he promised, as you say, yeah, he promised to help us live our life as we should, as we should. He's talking about our life here. It's not what we think it should be. It's what God's intention is. We go back to the very beginning. He came with a perfect agenda. And he fulfilled that perfect agenda. He has got a perfect design for us in our life that needs to be obtained and needs to be lived out for. It's not just like, oh, I've overcome sin this day. It's, did you do what his assignment for you was as well? That's what it should be. That's the life we live. Not we want to live, oh, we have Jesus, now let's live our own life. We're called to be slaves to righteousness. That's called being slaves with right living with him. Okay, so I'm going to uh, go off in another direction for a moment. Um, when we talk about that, that, you know, not as we think we should, but as he intends for us to, you stop and consider that when Christ, this is Christ, Jesus on the earth, right? And yet everybody thought he should do it differently. Okay. You know, Everyone. every day. Yeah. They, you know, why don't you make yourself, you know, declare yourself to be the Lord, the Messiah. Uh, you know, uh, he says, OK, it's time for me to lay down my life. And his own disciples are going, no, 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 that's a bad idea. Um, and I, everything that was exactly what should be. Nobody saw it until totally after it was over. Now, looking back. I mean, I'm thinking about Paul uh, when he was when he's talking in Acts and, and he says to him, he says he, he's explaining 
the life of Jesus. And he basically makes reference to the fact, he said, you know, uh, he did everything that had to be done so that he is obviously the Messiah. What's the thing about, I heard this, I think it was John uh, Brevere talked about there's an instance where all of the fulfillment of Scripture from the Old Testament that he did in his life had to be obtained in that section of time. 33 years of living. He had to fulfill what was it's like an astronomical number of prophecies that had to be fulfilled. And the fact that not just one was fulfilled, that in a nutshell is amazing. Five that were fulfilled was astronomical in itself, but just like this is like near impossible to do all these things. He fulfilled every single one of them. And the title goes around this, of what Veer says, is that if you take a quarter and you mark it on one side, you throw it on the planet Earth, and then you stack up, I think it's like three feet of quarters all around the Earth, and you mix them all up, the chances of that happening is you reaching down and picking that one quarter up as the whole Earth is filled with three feet of other quarters, picking that one quarter up that has a mark on it, that's what Jesus did. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculously awesome to think that is who he is to obtain all that. Uh, and so in light of that, I want you to really process this. Um, only Jesus knew exactly what needed to be done at all times. Yeah. And so though nobody seemed to like his timing when it was all done, it was perfect. Um, and so here's the thing, you know, if, 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 if I'm, if I want somebody to help me, to guide me, to teach me, to watch over me, I want somebody that's perfect at it. You know, I want somebody, I don't want to go to get advice from somebody. And he said, well, I read a book about it and they said, no, I want somebody that can say, no, this is how I did it. And it was exactly correct. And that's the way you need to do it. I preached this on last Wednesday. Jesus' resurrection and the cross is a powerful thing. It would not mean anything with the life he lived if he didn't live that life. Yeah. He would have just been another martyr. With his perfect living and the way he did it allows the our salvation to be enabled to, to be stable throughout all eternity because of what he's done. So let us never take the life of Jesus and just say, well, he's just a good person. He's the only one who can do that. He would have never done that if he did not intend for us to live an assignment life like that. Yep. He had to be perfect so he could be the example. I want you to look at, at, at where this transitions goes to next. You ready? Philippians 1.6, and you may know this verse. It may be one of your favorites, a lot of people's favorite. But it says in Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, I hope this verse takes on new meaning because we're, we're going to just break it down here, okay? Uh, he who began a good work. I, you know, when we think good, um, we think with this, you know, human processor up here that's, uh, I don't know, mine's, mine's like needing to be rebooted or something. But anyway, 
that good is like, okay, you know, like there's good, there's better, there's best and good is okay. But that's not, that's not, that's not the way it is in the, in the Greek, in the Greek, this word good, a, a better translation for us in our knowledge today would be excellent. Okay. Excellent. So it's like when, when Jesus makes reference to the Father and he says in Luke 18, 19, he says, no one is good except God. Well, he's not saying the only one is, you know, that's pretty good around here is God. No, he's saying the only one around here that is excellent, perfect, unblemished, worthy of all honor is God. So you take that, he who began a good work, and you put excellent in there. Now look at the next word, work. God's not saying, you know, you are a hard <laughs> day of labor. You know, he who began this difficult task of making you into something, that's not what he's saying at all. Uh, what, he's, what he's saying there, uh, though some, some would possibly say, well, you know, maybe project fits better, fits better in there. Uh, he who began this good project, this excellent, but that's not even really what it means. Um, the best way to understand it is a phrase, and that phrase is an undertaking, okay? So you and I are something that he has committed himself. You're an undertaking that he has taken total responsibility of. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You are you are a project, yes, but you are an a, an undertaking that he is he has said you are worth my full attention. Now you put all that together. Jesus, who began an excellent undertaking in you, will carry it on to completion. Now, the word completion is a fascinating word. When we think of completion or completed, we think, well, it's done. It's finished, uh, which is accurate in many ways. But you really need to put another word in there. It's perfect. It's not complete like it's all there, like a puzzle. Okay. It's, it, you know, it's, it's complete. It's all there. No, it's complete like there's not one more thing that could be done to make it perfect. Now listen, this 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 gets me because I just get excited, but <clears throat> Jesus is our perfect Savior, and He is doing a work in each of us that is also perfect. He has begun an undertaking an excellent undertaking. And he is not going to stop until you are perfect because perfect is how you're going to spend eternity. And so it's not up to me to get there because I would never make it. But he says, you're my undertaking. I'm taking responsibility for you, not just to save you from your sins. I'm taking responsibility to let my perfection become the work that's on the inside of you so that you're going to be perfect someday. And that's the way you're going to spend eternity with me. He's coming back for his bride. Yeah. yeah. That's what it says in Revelation. Coming back for his bride who is who's ready, <clears throat> who's 
lived that life that says, I want to be my best for you, Jesus. I want to be my best for you, God. That's what he's after. And I just want to encourage everybody listening today or watching. It's not the fact that, man, I'm never going to be that. It's the fact you take the next step forward. It's the fact you take that next step for what that looks like. He's calling you to take that next step to obtain all these things. Jesus wasn't born, then died on the cross. He walked step by step to get to that cross, to fulfill every one of those prophecies from the Old Testament. That's how he's working in us, what you just described there. That's what he's doing. He's getting us, he's chiseling away each step of us. He's constantly making us that. Now, it's his blood is over us to lead us to that, but to begin that good work in you, now he sustains that good work in you to see it till the day he's finished. That's why we need Jesus. Not just, oh, he's our Savior, every single moment of every single day. We need Jesus going to Walmart. We need Jesus going to even church because the church is for people who are all struggling towards the same thing, becoming that bride. You walk in the church and you think, church, oh, it should be perfect. You're wrong. That's where sinners need to come to help continue to encourage each other. Find Jesus. Get with Jesus every moment. Get better. So if you're not in church, get in church. It's important. It's supposed to be a believers encouraging each other to live that way in Christ together. Take note of this as well. One last thing I want to add to this is that you can add nothing, nothing, so you can take credit for your salvation in any process of the work of doing that. He is the only thing. He is the perfect sacrifice. So you trying to say, well, I've done this, so my salvation can be this. No, he's still doing those good works in you because of what he is. He's sustaining you because of what he is. You don't sustain yourself. You don't do anything that's good. Inherently, we're evil. So he is the only one that is good. So your salvation is only in him. So quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to be a good Christian. You just need to look like Jesus. And how you do that, you get in the mirror, which is God's word, and you begin to realize he is the word. He is your way of life. He's the perfect sacrifice. You know, I said Sunday, um, there's so many preconceived ideas that are just myths that need to be uh, identified as, as a false idea. You know, you're, you're never going to stand before Jesus Christ and he's going to start weighing out your good and your, your bad, your success and your failure. And, and you, you are not going to leave this life and then have that moment where, where God's looking at you and trying to decide, you know, yes or no. This is where that's determined. And that is not determined by the fact that I get myself good enough. Because I've been working on that a long time, and I still ain't good enough. Bad language, but good truth. Uh, but the end of the story is, is that he who has begun a excellent undertaking inside of me will not stop until I'm good enough. And I, I then will be perfect. The church is not perfect right now, but you know it will be because 
God continues to work in it. So if you're one of those who go, I don't like going to church. You know, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Well, the church is, is, is full of people that are imperfect. But, I mean, you know, you made a comment about Walmart. You don't find hypocrites. Go to Walmart. They're in there, too. They're everywhere. But God is working in a church. If it's his church, he's working in it, and he is perfecting it. A little here, a little there. But when he returns, it will be perfect um, because he is and it will be his. And so uh, Jesus is so perfect, so wonderful that, you know, we do this because it is our heart's desire that everybody would know that, that he, he is the perfect Savior, that he is the perfect one to come into your life and to help you live your life exactly the way God designed it to be lived. He's perfect and all that. Um, anyway, unless you got another comment, you know, listen, hey, uh, if you find this stuff beneficial, if today's lesson was helpful, uh, please give us a thumbs up, share us with your friends, uh, help us get the word out. Because, you know, the bottom line is, is, is our whole goal is to help Christians understand and practice their faith in culture. Because, you know, I mean, if living it in the church is one thing, but living it in the world, that's where light breaks into darkness. And that's what we're all about. So, hey, until uh, next time, I'm Keith. I'm Drew. Thanks for joining us at Faith and Culture.